Hey, Ducast listeners! Uh, for this episode, we were live at the Harley Davidson of Indianapolis, sitting with their amazing owner, David Dellen. I am very convinced that this is the coolest Harley Davidson shop I have ever been in. Seriously, if you're in Indianapolis, go check them out. Uh, David Dellen was also an absolute joy to talk to. He comes from a family full of charitable givers, and he has absolutely continued that trend both in his personal life and in his Harley store. Their Harley location does all kinds of stuff for the good of their community, including charitable rides, pig yoga, and donating a hefty chunk of their proceeds to their favorite causes. I promise you are going to love this one. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the DoCast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Intro. Well, maybe instead of music, we'll rev a Harley up. So maybe we got to record a. Uh... <laughs> you don't have like Jack White playing something for before, like Conan does, or anything like that. Not you at get, this you, stage. Yeah, trademark. I know. Yeah. They, they have, they'd actually <laughs> ask Jack White to let them do that. So, <laughs> but I'm with you. All right. All right. Well, hello, guys, and welcome to the Donate Podcast. Uh, as usual, it's Courtney Luce here, sitting with Steve Roseman. Hello. And we have David Dellen in today. We are mm-hmm. sitting in the Harley Davidson of Fishers, Indiana. It's an awesome space, and so yes, we're really is. excited to be here. Thank you. Um, and you are owner now, correct? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I've awesome. awesome been been in the family for a little over forty years, but wow. that's just me now. That's so awesome. I'm lonely at the top. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's nice. Yeah, we were talking earlier. You still get to see your mom running around here every once in a while. Yeah, yeah we're, we're partners in our other store. We've got this store in Fishers and the second one in Terre Haute, and we're both partners in that, so don't worry. I get to see plenty of my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> More so than most people that get to see their parents, so. Hey, uh-huh. that's not a bad thing. Nope, not Mom's a good lady. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yep, yep. So thank you for having us in. So this, uh, like I said, it's amazing space. Three yeah, years old, three. or did you say two? Uh, just over two. We opened at this new location in uh, January of 2018. Uh, before there, we were at 96 in Keystone on the north side of Indianapolis. It was kind of Indianapolis Carmel. We had an Indianapolis address, but we were paying Hamilton County taxes, which was lovely. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Not uh, to drop, uh, drop no, tax talk no, and all. No, 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 no problems there. But then even before then, we were at 54th and Keystone. So when you go huh. uh, south on Keystone, north... Um, there's an Aaron's Rental Center that's mm-hmm. right there. That used to be a dealership that had like four lines at one point in time. We had Harley, Honda, Kawasaki, like two other brands in there. So like the size of what's now my like parts and service area was yeah. my entire dealership. So um, yeah, no, it's grown immensely. And we, we got Harley back in 78 when it was owned by uh, AMF, which AMF, uh, you may know them as the bowling ball company. Like if you ever go, the next time you go into like Woodland Bowl, you know it's AMF all around the place. AMF was a recreational company back in the 70s and they did everything. And that was back when you'd see Harley coming out with snowmobiles and boats and all this other stuff. Look it up. There actually is a section. There's Harley boats out there? Probably in someone's like barn that's worth a lot because it's a bit of a collector's item but if you ever go to milwaukee highly recommend this go to milwaukee and there's a harley Davidson museum you don't have to be a harley fan to do it but this museum is absolutely immaculate gorgeous and they have a whole section dedicated to the amf years and it's kind of like a a little bit of a joke but at the same time harley was struggling during that time and we got into it it was kind of a hey here's a franchise and was worth nothing at the time Three years uh-huh. later, the original owners bought it back for cents on the dollar from AMF, and that was all it took. And, you know, for us, 42 years later, coming up on next on this coming March, 42 years later, it's 
Couldn't be it's couldn't huge. be happier. Oh yeah, couldn't be happier. Yeah. We're yeah. roughly fifty to fifty five percent, depending on who you ask, ownership and market share as far as motorcycles go and wow. uh, both dealerships do really, really well and we're very happy to do that. So well, awesome. that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. So not only, because obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, one of the main things and goals of our company or to, of the podcast is to bring in um, good people. Aww. Good, good <laughs> people. And when I say that, uh, you know, people are doing uh, a lot for our community. Um, so it's fun to hear that not only is Harley, you know, doing really well as a business, but also, you know, you personally and your franchise, uh, giving a lot back to the community, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I know we've known each other for a long time. Actually, I didn't know about the Keystone location. I just knew about the 96th Street location. Yeah. So it was, 50, it was called uh, Keystone Cycle Sales. It was, it's changed names a couple different times, but yeah, it was way back in the day. Yeah. Well, just to take a, a little step back, mm-hmm. um, when I started to identify, it's one of the, the things that I've always known about your family because you're father started now did he start car dealerships first and then get into mm-hmm. the harley so it kind of complemented it, it kind of went forward. is that how that works yeah, yeah it's true okay. it's actually my grandfather believe it or not it was my grandfather oh, okay. red dellen he got into the car is that business. his actual name no it was his nickname he's robert okay. paul dellen but if you okay. saw this man he had rich red hair and they called him red uh, so it was red dellen and he, i like that nickname that's pretty cool, cool. yeah he, he loved <laughs> it um yeah. so but he started in the car business about 40s or 50s in plainfield indiana and then moved to roughly that mid-section of town. Um, you know where the, I think it's like party time rental little building is that's over on the side on Keystone across from Walmart? Yep. That used to be a place called, uh, even before then, it was Ogle Tucker Buick. And then before then, it was Ogle Dellen Buick. So there was a point in time where he was partnered up. And he went off and bought his own thing and stayed in the car business. My dad got into the car business in the 70s. And then they just kind of did their thing, and uh, eventually Kawasaki had a dealership they were trying to sell, and uh, it was being sold at auction. And my, they went in there and bought it super cheap, and said, "All right, this is a little side hustle. Let's see where it goes." And then, like I told you, with Harley jumping in, so it was kind of mm-hmm. it added on. It's always been auto, auto. I'll say Oldsmobile built this building that we're in right now. Oldsmobile at one point in time was the top selling brand in the world, and we were the top selling, for a minute, we were the top selling dealer in the nation. That's awesome. Um, wow. Which was really, really cool in Indiana. Yeah. And uh, like only a few years later, all of a sudden, GMs decides to pull Oldsmobile. And it was just so happened, it was right about the same time that my dad sold the deal, those car dealerships to Roger Penske, uh, which is now Penske Honda. So it was perfect timing. Um, I don't know how, don't ask questions. He's not of the living to me to ask him. Uh, but that said, yeah, it was perfect timing on their parts. And, uh, but we still own two car dealerships or say we, my, our family does. My older brother owns a mountain Greenfield. They've got a GM and Chrysler and then, uh, motorcycles is where it's at. But I could, I tried cars for a minute and, um, it was one summer working in the parts department where it had no air conditioning. And when it was 85 degrees outside, it was 105 back there. And I spent the summer cleaning parts bins and um, you're just literally taking old parts that haven't sold in five, six years and cleaning the dust out and breathing it all that in. And I said, screw this, I'm working in the car business. <laughs> right. So uh, at least I have yeah. air conditioning here, my techs yeah. have air conditioning, yeah. everything's great here. Harley is yeah. so much nicer. So. so do you also ride then? Yeah, I do, not enough. Um, that's kind of, how do I say this best? It's kind of like, 
if you're a plumber, your plumbing at your house probably sucks, or you know, you <laughs> yeah. just don't take the time to look into that. You're working on everybody else's. Absolutely. I ride on big rides. I ride on charity rides. I if if it doesn't include probably at least three zeros at the end of that number, like a thousand, two thousand mile ride, I don't do it just as wow. much. Well, yeah. the the sucky part is is that because. I live 15 minutes from the shop for, for the indie location. So by the time you put on your helmet, you put on your gear, all this stuff to ride to work, and then you have to do it, it sometimes the process takes longer than the ride, but then going from Indy to Terre Haute, you ever been on I-70 West heading towards Illinois, it is one of the scariest interstates in the world. Um, and I do that in a truck. So at least I've got four metal right. walls around me. A lot more versus, Oh man, I mean, I drove it last night seeing the number of, uh, some eyes that just that that no it's imprinted in my brain and it wakes me up at night of the of the the little reminder bumps like yeah. right when their tires go over i'm like oh that could be me next to him right now so yeah i i uh i really don't ride my bike down at tarot i'll do it yeah. on the weekends but that's about it so yeah. i ride that was a novel versus a short story i could have given you. uh <laughs> i don't ride as much as i should yeah. but that's yeah. every year it's always a resolution never uh-huh. comes never comes to fruition unfortunately but that's okay well i know when you guys were here like my brother and you guys used to ride all the time yeah that's probably a little bit before uh you took a whole different role within the company well there's a couple different things and i'll preface by first saying i love you sweetheart but i got married and uh we both got married and suddenly you know time has a way of changing your priorities at that yep. point and i was a choice between spending time with my loving wife or writing which was my yeah. wife obviously so which is the best choice yeah um, no. yeah so we're, you know she, had, she was not, nothing on her we, we could Good literally answer. do it we have no we have wonderful wives that would tell us we could ride anytime it's just a yeah. choice yeah so, but yeah, that's honestly it's it's the way the the way the market works for us is because Harley has been for such a long time a, a baby boomers thing that we hit our Harley's uh, customer core group is used to be thirty five to fifty five now it's gone up to like forty to sixty because a lot of them are getting older uh, but a lot of people especially within Harley can get really worried about thinking like how are we going to engage with the younger core group and we are. But at the same time, I feel like our product is where people are at their point in life. Like yep. early 20s, you may have that, you know, hair up your ass and you want to go really get rebel and go out and buy a bike and go ride. We do have that a lot, especially at this dealership in, in Fishers. But then as you grow older, you have kids, you have, you know, college debt you're still paying off. There's a lot of different stuff. And by the time kids get out of school, you know, we're hitting a lot of generic, Generation X people right now. Uh, that kids are going to high school or off into high school and college and ready. Hey, let's mom and daddy want to go have something fun. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're there for them at that time. So I'm, it's interesting to say that, yeah, I think we're in that, that middle region where the, uh, Sean, your brother and I are very, I mean, you included are very in that middle of raising a family and once responsibilities go down, Harley Davidson will be waiting for you with (laughs) open arms. It's kind of the the vibe. There you go. There you go. Uh huh. Well, um, that's so funny, but I'm literally envisioning envisioning Harley's just sitting there waiting, and they probably oh, actually are in garages. We are talking to uh, their owner. Uh-huh. Please ride me. Yep. Um, but no, I, I remember because we became you know more friends. I guess once you and Sean graduated, so mm-hmm. Sean's my brother. If you didn't know, but um, and in that time, the one thing that I noticed. Um, and this is going to sound weird, but you know, it's only words that I can think about it, mm-hmm. is I started to not only get to know you, because mm-hmm. I was always confused, because anybody who knows my brother, he's 
let's just say loud and crazy, but I think that it's, it's a Roseman trait maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're very. And quiet. then, <laughs> and everything I've ever known about you is very level-headed, responsible, all this kind of stuff. Which I'm assuming there were some times that you and my brother, you know, had fun in, in a different way, but. You know, the whole time I just, you know, the word I can use has been attracted to your family, which mm-hmm. is a little weird mm-hmm. in that term. And mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm, yes, it is weird. But no, no. And what I mean by that is I've always, I've always noticed two things. You know, mm-hmm. I've always known the Dellen family from automotive and, you know, motorcycles mm-hmm. and just very giving people. And my mom talked about it with your dad. Mm-hmm. And then when I had my mobile bidding company, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but... Um, there were back-to-back weekends, a Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, that I was at the same hotel, the JW Marriott, mm-hmm. and out of four galas, your mom showed up to three of them. Yep, that's her. And I'm like, I pulled her aside. I was like, Donna, there is no possible way mm-hmm. that you randomly support all these. Like, that's not even a thing. And her response is like, actually, two of these, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. But the other one, um, she had said that her and her boyfriend – uh, we're going to go out to dinner, mm-hmm. and they decided instead of spending a couple hundred dollars on you know a fine dining meal, yeah. um, why not look up a charity event and see if there's something that we can go to? Mm-hmm. So they got online, yeah. found a random yeah. charity event, yeah. went um, with at let's just say her her bill that night from the charity event was a couple hundred dollars, yeah. a little over, and I just remember thinking that is a whole different level of giving back like her mindset was of giving mm-hmm. it was the coolest thing and then as you and i became friends i noticed that you were the same way there were a few times that you know uh you know anyway we had talked about it later but just a few times i really noticed i think about your earrings for my wife at one of your events one time that i think you know in the middle of an auction just got all sorts of excited and uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, not level. even that. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm happy to do that stuff. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But I, I think it's you as a person. Uh, you know, really what I was referencing is, you know, my brother's bachelor party. And uh, at the time, my business was struggling. Mm-hmm. But it was the one thing my brother wanted to do was houseboat party and all this kind of stuff. And somebody didn't show up and we were short money. And you did not even hesitate. And you're like, Steve, here you go. Um, huge. Like, I... I Never told you that, but it was huge, and I appreciate that. Um, But it just goes back to what I've noticed about your family. Sorry, I was getting a little emotional (laughs) there, but friends are important to me. But um, in that process, I started to learn more about you and Harley, and I started to learn that it wasn't just your family. It was the way, it's your way of life. It's and, a lifestyle. Yeah. Damn. So one of the things I'd really like to talk about is how do you take something like Harley, mm-hmm. referencing the stereotype of Harley of, you know, big bad biker. Everybody's got a stereotype of Harley, but that's the mo- most common one. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the thing, it was, it was so funny. So I was looking through your Facebook. I was like, at least he owns a dealership mm-hmm. that people cannot complain about the clothes you have to wear to work because they're cool as shit. Yeah. So it's like, even if you don't have a Harley, it's like, I'll sport a Harley shirt. Yes. But uh, so it's a benefit you got. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm over here trying to create logos of like, nobody would wear this stuff. And 
But anyway. Probably makes it easy on it. Yeah, too. yeah. It's kind of nice. So how do you, so we were looking through, you know, I was just doing a little bit of research just because mm-hmm. we haven't, uh, you know, touched base in a while. And you guys have a lot of events here. Yes. And it seems like it's not only a transfer from family beliefs into the mm-hmm. company, but you've also taken it into the customer side of things. Totally. Yeah. Um, would you mind kind of sharing, A, even from a family standpoint, how did that become a way of living, you know, family-wise sure. and then bringing it into the corporate space? Because you had sent me some questions to think about, and I was like, Yeah, these re- probably are nothing no, like no, that. No, no, so. no, no, no. You're, you're, you're within the realm. I'll give you that. There we uh, go. Is, it, Daniel, my wife, and I talk about this sometimes is whether or not do I give back because I truly want to or is it just an element of Catholic guilt? Um, and if anybody knows Catholic listeners right now, you know what I'm talking about if you don't look it up, uh, is that it you're legitimately feeling like, you know, I have such nice things or I, I don't deserve this. I need to give it back. And yeah, I do feel like there's some parts of that. And I think that's just with anybody who sees someone struggling, you want to give back. But uh, twofold one for the family and one for like what Harley is about when it comes to giving back family honestly it was strictly for me based on following me by an example my parents uh, they they went to a lot of those events back in the day I remember uh, being as a kid probably was illegal at the time but serving up cocktails to all of my friends my my parents friends the night before they'd go to the St. Mary's Child Center Miracle Ball when that was a you know this huge gala that they did every year and um, there's there's lots of cool stuff but they were very big on those events and then my mom actually uh, was the head of or she ran the charity auction that they did every year they used to be at the Ursa Pavilion over on the yep. northwest side of Carmel and a huge event absolutely huge event did a very very good job and it was just cool to see giving back and when you see an event like that which I think transitions to Harley is that you can have fun and give back. You can do things that you enjoy, be social, eat, drink, laugh, dance, and have fun with that. And it doesn't always have to be that. I think there's honestly, if you look on Eventbrite today, you'll find some of the coolest things, which I will talk a little bit more about the yoga thing we did here recently, but some of the most unique ways to raise money mm-hmm. and have fun doing it and know that you know a few people volunteer a little bit of their time or volunteer a space and people come for a common reason and you can really make a difference in some of the easiest ways. Um, so, but to that said, main organizations my parents were involved with were St. Mary's Child Center, Little Sisters of the Poor, honestly, and I'll even go further. My parents were a huge example, uh, but my grandmother, she is 92. Uh, she, um, she, she's always been well taken care of. She's, you know, she has the means and everything, but she ended up selling her cot, she had a, in a, like a condo, gave all of her money that she had to lower her income level to a certain level and gave it away to some of her kids so that she could live at Little Sisters of the Port because she volunteered there so much, feeding, you know, helping out and stuff like that to people 20 to 30 years her, you know, her younger and said, you know what, I'm tired of driving back and forth. I hate the commute. It was a five minute commute, but she hated the five minute commute. She said, screw it, I'm just gonna live here. And she lives there now and she still helps people and she's 92 she prays the rosary every morning at 4 30 or 5 a.m or what time she gets up but she continues to give back so even grandparents so it's very yeah. you follow it down you, you want to give back you want to help people out but when it comes to harley what's cool about harley and this is i i think i don't know of another brand other brands doing as much they do but not quite to the level that harley does 
is that you get a group of people together that have a common love for a brand. And it doesn't always have to be a brand. Sometimes it's just motorcycling. And you get them together um, and they go ride. And it could be just just going on a, a set route. Or for us, the one that uh, we've kept going since my dad passed is the Rust Dell Memorial Ride. And it's changed to the money, per, you know, um, benefited over the years. But the most recent one is one that's been close to me is the Patachi Foundation. And we raised between uh, donations from Sun King helped us out with beer that day, uh, National Bank of Indianapolis, uh, a couple other places involved in there that helped out with either um, Max Haas helped with all the septic, or uh, they're a septic company, but helped us with the uh, portalettes. Gotta have those when you got a yeah. lot of people. No, <laughs> they don't wanna have anybody unhappy. They can't get into a toilet during an event like that. Uh, but anyway, we raised about $8,000 for that. And the cool thing about that was the ride meets here we leave and we have an escorted ride around 465 with the um, IMPD drill team. They're all motorcycles for the most part and they lead us around. And this past year was honestly the most unique ones because if you guys recall, that summer, this past summer was construction from hell going around 465. So we would get to certain parts and they already knew that this was gonna be an issue. We had three lanes of traffic on the south side of Indianapolis they took us into the emergency exit lane onto the side, like, oh God, it was like 250 motorcycles in a single line going down that whole way. And I was like, I'm just in the front of the ride. I'm like, I'm praying somebody doesn't get hurt. Nothing happened. <laughs> Not a single hurt person had an issue or anything like that. That's I think we had like one bike that might've broken down, but that doesn't count. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, mal malfunctioning is not a big deal. I just want anybody getting hurt, but we get through there. And then we had to break off on the Southeast side on Shadeland and rode Shadeland all the way up to the North side. So we're again going wow. through the middle of the city and they're stopping it. it it's, if you ever have the chance, you know, I forgot, what is it from Ferris Bueller? You know, it is so choice if you have the means, I suggest you try it, is to have a police escort. <laughs> Quite possibly the coolest thing in the world. You'll have some people that so will, important. when you feel so important, you feel like you're the, the president or something like that, <laughs> but but you you do it. And when you're on a motorcycle, what they'll do is one one uh, police officer will go up and they'll, bar, uh, they'll block like one to two exits at a time. And then when you go forward, you'll see this line of cars it'll be about a 50-50 ratio of people that are happy for you and waving and the other 50 people that are flipping you the bird. Because sometimes when the rides get really, really big, you may be keeping them from something, they may be trying to get to work or something like that, and you you're just like, you like, if I could send them a message and let them know via you know telepathy, we're doing this for a charity, but no, it doesn't work. So, uh, but no, the rides are fantastic. And so we do the ride, we come back, uh, Texas Roadhouse donated barbecue, we had a live band, all this other stuff, and you raise eight grand. And it's really, really cool. And it's, and it's such a simple thing. We do stuff like that, but then we also have events internally. And when we do events at the shop that don't involve a ride, we do stuff for, or maybe we're the start or the end of their ride, doesn't necessarily have to involve our planning but we've come to kind of a bit of an event center and they will come to us and say, hey, you know, if we start at this VFW on the side of town, we do this route, can we end here? And say, sure, we'll get a band, we'll have our bar open, which everyone's responsible. They're all, you know, bartenders and make sure no one gets overserved. Uh, music, all this other stuff. But something I learned from Whole Foods uh, pre-Amazon, nothing against Amazon, this is just their idea before Amazon came around, was to give back 5% of sales to a specific charity. So what we do, is during the events, anything over the counter, so it's parts and clothing, 5% of our revenue, we donate back to that charity. Because what we used to do is to try and get people to come into the shop, and it was slightly selfish at the time, is when you have a charity event, 
let's find a way to get them in the shop to buy stuff. And we were giving them a discount. You get like a 15% off discount. And the more we looked at it, and then I saw what Whole Foods was doing, I was like, you know, 15% that only benefits me. And I'm losing a lot of, you know, revenue as far as, as a company goes. But I felt like, okay, I'm winning. They're not gaining anything. It's more of an attraction to get people to come to the ride. But the only person that's winning is me. And I felt kind of selfish at that point. I said, okay, what if we do this? 5% goes back to the charity and I get now 95% of what I had before, so everybody wins. And that, I felt a little less guilty at that point. So, yeah. but, but 5%, some groups stole, I've given out three or $400 checks, or it's been a couple grand at a time. You never know, it all depends on what they drive for that day. But we have, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about it, but Patachi Foundation for our ride. Uh, there's a couple different American Legion groups that do stuff here. Uh, Peyton Manning Children's Hospital, that's a big one for our Harley owners group, which is Hog. Uh, that's a riding group that's strictly Harley riders, but they will do a toy run uh, in November and will collect like fifteen to seventeen thousand dollars plus like five or six thousand toys, and they wow. hand deliver them. And wow. we we pack it all in the back of our our trailer and drive it from here again, escorted, which is super cool, uh, over to uh, over to Peyton Man Children's Hospital and drop them off. And it's super cool. They go up to the rooms, they give them to the kids. All this other stuff, and yeah, it's, so awesome. it's it's awesome. The 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 fact that I don't know of many organizations or businesses where you can do the thing you love, like writing, and to be able to give back. And it's some of the simplest things. They'll just show up, pay a fee, you know, pay twenty to twenty five bucks a head, or sometimes thirty to forty if you have a a passenger. Uh, go do the ride, which if you think about it, it's what they're already doing anyway. Mm -hmm. yep. They're already riding, but now it's a cool route, or it's. You know, if it, uh, the biggest one in Indianapolis is the Miracle Ride, and they do that for Riley Hospital. IMS lets them do a lap around the Speedway. Super cool thing to ride your motorcycle on the IMS uh, Speedway and everything, and then you get to go run by uh, Riley Hospital and see the kids, and it's mm. super cool. And it it makes you feel like one big old family, and mm. you get to give back. So I'm, I, it's the reason why I'm in, again, nothing against the car business. I just couldn't do it knowing the the culture just did not fit my personality mm -hmm. but it was it secured my decision to want to get into the motorcycle business when I knew this was a part of it yeah you know you're you definitely get, yeah it's huge Sorry. you're definitely right that it's a culture I have a lot of motorcycle riders in my family oh, and totally. they like yeah they're just always that's a common bond that they share and they're always doing there's I, I feel like there's honestly a lot of the time more charitable options because they're just always together and wanting to keep doing more. And, yeah. and maybe it is just another excuse to be able to ride their bike, but for a good cause, like it's, it's gonna make you feel well, good to too. to that point, and it's, it's a joke that I make, and I mean no offense when I make the joke to a lot of people, is we get so many requests mm -hmm. for donations or can we host your ride here and stuff like that. Hosting a ride isn't terribly difficult for us because we already have the space, it's already here. Mm -hmm. It's when we get asked for donations and they say, well, can you donate this, can you donate this? And there's so many people out there but it's also, the struggle is when you have someone that comes up, and I use this example, and forgive me if it's disgusting, but, you know, we're raising money for Bob's toe fungus issue he's got going on, and you'll get people like that. It's some of the most minors of things, or it's not a 501c3 group, but it's for a little girl that's having cancer at the age of two or something like that, and they're like, well, my rule is 501c3, but that, damn it, if that picture isn't adorable, yeah, sure, here's a donation. So then you break your rules. So like, how do you make rules so you're, mm -hmm. how do you not help everybody? How do you not make sure that the, you know, when the whole world is crying, do you just say, shut up? No, you want to help. And that, ugh, it's an internal struggle. It really, really yeah. is. It really, really is. And you know, when you're sitting there, do I help them or do I help myself? 
always mm-hmm. an internal struggle. And and then you got you got to pay your people, all the other stuff that's going on. Right. You know, if I allocate this, where does it go there? Or like if you're sitting at those fancy dinners you talked about earlier, you know, I'm sipping that glass of wine, thinking to myself, hmm, there's a little kid right now that's probably starving, and you're drinking a nice glass of wine. That's the Catholic guilt kicking in. Yeah, big time. But just for clarity, when you say help yourself, you're not talking about, you know, you know, indulging that way. You're talking about because the one thing that a lot of people do need to understand is you, if you say yes to everybody, yep. this building doesn't exist. Those doors are closing because yes. you'll be out of business. I won't have anything So left. when you say, you know, take care of yourself, you're just referencing taking care of your business your family, things of that nature, yeah. knowing that giving back to others is a big key key part yeah. of that. So I just wanted to clarify that. No, so, no, 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 no. It's not yeah. like I'm going off, you know, as soon as this yacht, uh, this thing is done, going off and flying off to my yacht or anything like that. I'm not, and, and to even to that point, we've, what I've decided to do, and this helped me kind of feel like there was structure, was that I've already set up this coming year, 2020, as the first year to do it, but I debated whether or not I wanted to kind of create my own foundation of just allocating money to to give out to certain charities and stuff like that. And then uh, I was instructed by my financial advisor. He said something. It was a um, oh, I hated the fact that I'm forgetting this right where we're on we're on tape here, but. Um, donor advised fund daft account yeah yeah daft account so yeah. and uh that way i don't have to hire an attorney all this other stuff and kind of the things you have to go through but we decided to take uh five percent of our net profits every year and put that into a group into an account so then to be able to donate and lately my the one that's been close to me right now has been the patachi foundation that's kind of where i've i've seen a lot of benefit there uh my parents were with the saint Mary's child center and they loved helping kids that you know really needed an education and for me I got a connection with Patachu one because I love their restaurants and Martha does a fantastic <laughs> job with that organization. Ever if you if you don't know, I strongly recommend you try it. I only um, laugh because yeah. I swear uh, for a while I, I'm pretty sure that you that's all you ate was that. I just uh, came there this morning. Uh, yeah, no, I and it's anyway. I can talk about the wonders <laughs> that is the Patachu organization, but for their foundation, I love to eat. I love food. I'm I my wife tells me I my we structure our vacations based on where we're going to eat. And, it, you know, Jim Gaffigan talks about that as one of his comedies. Like, you know, well, let's, you know, maybe we could go somewhere and we can eat something. And then while we're eating that, we could think about where we're going to eat next. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but literally that's how I am. And to know that food has become such a central part of my life and I love to eat because it keeps you alive. If I don't eat breakfast, morning meetings are a bore for me or hell or if I don't eat lunch I feel like I'm missing out on the day and some of these kids that don't get fed you know they'll have maybe breakfast they might have lunch that's made by the government or government or you know set up and it's sorry step some of them are not good Mm -hmm. some of them are better I'm not saying all of them I don't want to act like I I can say I've experienced that as you know from what I hear it's not the best but for some of them, they'll go home at the end of the day Friday, and the next meal they won't have be until Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So 48 hours of, you know, you've got people doing, what is it, the uh, intermittent fasting yep. to try and stay healthy. And we got kids that can't even get, you know, a meal. It, it, they'll, they'll, they'll show up on that meal on Friday night because I've served a couple times, and they'll go for back for second and thirds because then it might be the last meal they have till Monday. Mm-hmm. And it tears your heart, and you, you, you want to – just put them in your pocket and take them home and, you know, feed them until they burst type of thing. But uh, you just can't. But now for the sake of what they do, they went from eight 
I think there are eight schools right now. They're all in central Indiana and areas that are, I guess, what they would consider food desert areas. So there's not really a lot of good food around for them to try and uh, get. So, but it's quality food. And their chef, awesome. uh, Chef Twinkle, her little name, I, I joke this a lot, Twinkle Van Winkle is her real name. See it on her driver's license, but she's That's the nicest her lady. Name. Her real name is Twinkle Van Winkle, and she's I a fantastic <laughs> chef. She does both the food for the kids. And then she also does the food for their new coffee shop, which is the Foundation Coffee Company over in Marcy Village. And um, they've got a full uh, full kitchen now that they've opened their new headquarters, uh, you know, event room as far as doing their meetings and stuff like that. But absolutely fantastic organization. But the, again, just seeing what they're able to do for these kids and be able to give back um, and notice that it's also happening in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally just, there's some kid right now that needs a meal and mm-hmm. you want to, it, it's, for me, knowing now that we've dedicated to a certain percentage of our, our profits to go to the community, and it may not all go to Patitude, there may be some other groups that we'd like to give to, but it starts making you feel like, okay, that dollar I just made, five cents of that is going somewhere. Now, knowing a bunch of that other money is going to have to go into, you know, buying new bikes or buying or stuff like that, but we dedicate that, no, if this 5% doesn't get touched, this is going to the kids or this is going to some group, makes it all the better, so... I, I, I always struggled with that. I was like, okay, well, I'll give five grand this time, but I'm only going to give 100 bucks to this group. Or, ooh, they're needing this big. I really want help, but but I didn't do that for the other group. But now that I've got something structured, it's really helped me feel a little bit more, hey, you know, 5% is kind of, I want to hear, semi-normal for a lot of bigger companies to do that. Um, and I'm very thankful to be in a position that I can do that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody that will say 5%. I need that 5% just to pay my payroll. Uh, for me, I'm very thankful and blessed that that's not an issue currently. So, No, that's awesome. So going along with that, uh, it sounds like you're starting to put structure into place. A little by little, um, yeah. Because you do have a lot of events here. Like I said, I got on your Facebook, and there's a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you have somebody in-house dedicated for that type of stuff, mm-hmm. or how do you do you, just like any other part of your company, mm-hmm. that you structure what is our – plan for giving this year events things of that nature we do um i have a marketing manager at both locations here up in india is um connor howard he's been extremely instrumental in making sure that we're both growing as a company for marketing sake but events and promotions in his event side of things we kind of just roll with the punches we get so many people that come to us it's kind of a first come first served uh we do a lot locally uh hamilton county humane society did some stuff with us um, trying to think other groups locally that have worked with this. I guess, like I said, the American Legion, I think one of the ones up here in Hamilton County worked with us a bunch. Um, but they come to us and say, hey, can we host an event here? Or can we be a part of this? Or do you want to work with us? Uh, our Terre Haute stores, we're working with combat vets right now. So we're very big with the military and first responders. Love giving back to that type of stuff. Um, shoot i think it's going to be kind of like a blue smoke event we might be doing this summer i've heard a little bit about that so that that's also with the police officers here in hamilton county uh but yeah no he coordinates that so they'll come to him and say i'd like to do the event depending on how they're wanting to do it sometimes we do after store events that involve our bar or they use the outdoor patio or they have a ride or i mean if it gets really big we've got up to hundred parking spots if they wanted to use the whole dealership there's options but we we built our new location with the idea and the hope of it becoming an event center that brings people together and it's amazing the number of people that will say I didn't know you guys had this I didn't know you had that and it's going to take a little bit of time before people realize this is a place to do that but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah no if the events are 
a very big deal. We want to, we come on, come all. If you've got something you want to do that raises for some type of group, and it's amazing how many people will show up and say, Hey, we're trying to raise money for this. And said, Do you want to make a ride out of it? And we're like, Yeah, we do. Okay. And we'll do it. And sometimes, I mean, it hurts you a little bit when it's attendance can be an issue because I guess difference between like a gala that you do down at the JW Marriott, it's 90 degrees outside or if it's 10 degrees below zero, people still show up. It may take them a little bit of a time to get there, but I am very weather dependent. Yep. If it rains, it kills my events. Yep. You know, I, I did an event two years ago that will forever be in my mind to spend a bunch of money on concerts and, you know, staging and all this other stuff and rain for three days. Didn't, I, I didn't even get to use the stage I paid a bunch of money for, but 50 people got one of the best shows of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> we had Thunderstruck, which is an ACDC tribute band that plays out the Vogue all the time, and they were absolutely loud as hell. Like, yeah. shook every window in this entire place. <laughs> uh, the apartment complex next door, we had so many calls. Um, f- funniest thing, if you ever get a chance to check my Instagram, it, it, it's probably like... I don't post a lot, but there was this email that I got, and I, I I blanked out her name, everything, and all this other stuff to make sure I wasn't incriminating myself. But it said, you know, dear HD of Indie, I totally understand the need to check mics and making sure the sound system works, but the gentleman that on full blast says, yeah, oh yeah, for 10 minutes straight checking your speakers is a bit overdone. Please stop this now. And it was something like I'm paraphrasing, but the yeah. And literally, he was having like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and did that for ten minutes. And but these speakers, like we were using the stage that they use in Fishers for their events and the the, right. the amphitheater. It was a massive sound system. Yeah, and she had every right to be pissed. Uh, One girl was trying to get out of her lease at her apartment across the street because she said it was so loud. That's funny. Whoops. Well, sense. we can yeah, definitely tell that you had a lot of fun putting on uh, you know, the stuff. So. Yeah. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun. So. Well, let me ask you something when it, when it does come to those types of events. I mean, do a lot of your employees get engaged? Do, mm-hmm. you know, because, well, before we get into that, the one thing that I really loved what I just heard is that you've made this such a big part of your culture that it's your marketing person. It's not a different employee that focuses on, like we were talking with a company that has a community engagement manager that nobody really knows what that person does. Mm-hmm. Nobody really communicates with that person. They're kind of like off on their own and it's kind of a side thing, a project sure. for the company. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your marketing person, this is part of the marketing strategy and I really like that. Yeah. So it's embedded into what they're doing for your company. It's very unique for us, and yeah, Connor and uh, Becky down south, they both do this. It's the very, they're the, pretty much the same position, but having a dedicated person that does nothing. But I mean, there, there is that as a business, growing your marketing and your promotion, getting the word about what your sales are and stuff like that. But having a dedicated person that has to do with the events, and primarily our events are charity based or cha- or or community based and stuff like that, and it's it. Everybody wins on it because if they do their rides here, then we make money, and then we have money to give back to the community. So it's kind of just one big circle right. of life kind of thing. So it's kind of it's really nice. Yep. yep. So your employees do get involved. They you know. do. It, it, the The hard part, and we talked about this offline a little bit, is I've wondered for the longest time of how our organization gives back. Now, granted, I'm paying them to do this, so you could, you know, I know some, like you said, some organizations will pay their people to do volunteer work. I'm paying them to be here to help raise money 
during normal business hours. So it's kind of indirect. Yeah. But I do know that they love doing this stuff because, like I said, the, the, the culture is about giving back. The culture is about writing. And then when you can use writing as a form to give back to the community, it makes it a lot of fun. But for them, uh, working at a motorcycle dealership for some seems like a pipe dream or seems like it's something that, you know, if they're really into motorcycles, it's like, work at Harley Jibs, it's a big deal. The hard part we have to tell people in initial interviews is that you do realize while you're working, everyone else is riding. So this isn't as fun as it may seem. So it's Saturday, it's 75 degrees, and you'd give anything in your world to be on two wheels right now. You're going to be working, so it's going to be tough. But then if they can get past that and then start to see the benefits of what they'll experience by helping out local community and our rides and stuff like that, they, they really get into it. They really, really yeah. do. Uh, I, my next step, and I'm glad you brought it up, is to trying to figure out how to get more employees out into the community. So trying to kind of, okay, if I've got these employees here helping out with this particular event, or even, it's not even just my employees, our hall group, which is Harley Owners Group, they volunteer a lot. I, I would not be able to do half the events I do without their involvement, and they're encouraging, while they're doing that, encouraging their own membership, they've got their you know leather vests, their patches on, and they help out with, they organize our rides half the time. They love to escort, when I say they love, they tell me they love uh, to escort the rides, but they'll plan out routes and doing all this other stuff, and planning a ride is not easy. And, and mostly it has to do with the, there's leading and sweeping, there's making sure that, you know, uh, when you're about to change lanes, the, the sweep on the back will communicate to the lead and let them know, hey, it's okay to change, and the sweep will move over first, then the lead will come over and it turns into kind of a big snake. But if you've never done group riding before, some people will be like, oh, the lead's going, I'll go ahead and go too, and it's like just one big like blob that comes over, but we do it for a reason. Until the sweep knows that you can change lanes, nobody changes lanes, otherwise somebody's gonna get hurt. So the group rides can be even bigger deal. So it's there's a charity side too, but there's a lot of responsibility too. We yeah. have, to have specialty insurance. Everyone has to sign waivers. Luckily, you know, sorry if you hear that. Uh, knocking on wood here is that no one's been hurt under our uh, or drastically hurt. Some people have an accident or they'll drop their bike or stuff like that, but no one's really been, uh, you know, no one's died on one of these things yet for us. So which is good, but for the sake of the big rides, it's you've got to be safe. You've got to be you, know, you got to cover your cover your butt so but yeah awesome well i appreciate your time yeah, and letting you. us come in like you said uh you know good to see you again and have you uh, you know uh, on the podcast before we jump off though is there any advice or any feedback that you can give companies mm-hmm. that uh are attempting to now i'm going to use the term culture so it, as an overall, um, I think it's a bad. It's getting used in an improper way because they're assume, people are assuming culture means everybody loves everybody and you know honky dory. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if an organization is wanting to go the direction you guys decided to mm-hmm. get involved in the community and you know try to make as much impact. What would you say that how that's really helped your company? We've been able to bring the community to us, which has been a very, again, I'm thankful to be able to say that we've been able to do that, but sometimes you can get, or at least my experience of talking to other business owners, that they're they're in their little bubble and you're just so into it. You're working in your business, not on your business. And if you just take a minute to be able to work on your business and say, okay, 
you know, how is my PR? How is my image within the community? How is, and if, if that's important to you, some people, it doesn't matter. You're day in and day out. They, you know, the IRS doesn't worry about their PR. You got to pay your taxes and move on down the road. But if you're ultimately a company that your image is important, I, I'll give you the best example that my wife and I absolutely love their company is Tom's. It's, you know, one for one. You, you literally know that every time, no matter what, this is the funny thing, no matter if you buy a $150 pair of wedges, some kid is getting a pair of shoes. Now, is that $150 pair of wedges to some kid in Africa? Hell no. But they're getting a pair of shoes. But you feel Let's good. hope not. Let's all admit, I hope not for the sake of wedges. But for the sake yeah. of people, what they're getting are their glasses or their coffee. It's got purpose. And finding a way to get when somebody buys something that it goes back to a purpose is a big deal. Or we would do, I mean, to give you an example here, again, with Patitu, we did a thing that it was a, a matching program. So if you donate five bucks, which five bucks is how much it costs to have a meal, we'll donate five bucks as well. And we raise another couple grand doing that too. So, I mean, when you know deep in your heart, even some of the smallest things, that's why there's, you know, the gas station does those little, you know, if it's Jerry's kids or this or that, like when your purchase means something, it, it throws something to you that you feel like, man, this is really worth my time mm -hmm. versus, you know, the psychology of it. You know, they say that if you go in and buy one thing at the grocery store, if you go in there and buy a gallon of milk and you walk out with a gallon of milk, your purchase psychology is a lot less than if I walk in for a gallon of milk and I walk out with five other things. Try it next time. You go to a grocery store, you walk out with five more things than you planned on, you'll feel like the visit was more worth it. Transfer that into, okay, I bought something at a Harley shop, bought a t-shirt, and I found out that, oh, part of my purchase is actually gonna go help little kids in the community. I'm gonna start coming back here more often, or I know that this place cares. Mm -hmm. It's not just a money-grubbing Fortune 500 company that doesn't give back. That would be my thing. If you can find a way to bring the community into the dealership, and it may not be that people are actually there, but like, what's important to your community? What's important to your customers? What are they looking for? And if you just open your ear, you'll probably be told what they're looking for. You know, if it's something close to, if you're a financial advisor, what are your clients into? What are they, what are the roots really making them a passion? And I think a lot of people struggle with asking that question so they won't come off um, a little too invasive. And for us being able to just either ask or just listen to people, where do they want their money to go to? What's important to them to give back? And honestly, I'm seeing more and more in people that helping people that can't help themselves is honestly one of the biggest areas that people need. It's kids that can't get a meal. It's veterans that can't get proper care. It's insert somebody that has no other way and you help them pick them up and get them back to a proper set of life. That's, that's what people want to do. Yeah. Because, because that's, it, it warms your heart and that maybe it's again going back to my original theory of Catholic guilt, but I do think that there's a lot of people that want to give back. They, a lot of people just don't know Yep. Um, and if it, yeah, yeah, their money goes further too. If they're mm -hmm. if they are supporting something that they're they're getting something in return, but also they they know a portion of their donation is or every, money is going somewhere. Every else time I wear a pair of Toms, I know it's, it's some yep. kid has mm -hmm. got a matching pair of shoes like I do, and that that is a very warming feeling to have that. Or if you know that you know when you buy a bike from HD Vindy, you know that a portion. Not everybody knows this. I don't like to be too public about it but it knows that a portion of that money is going to go back to the community, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like we've even thought about like if you buy a bike, we'll donate 50 bucks to your favorite charity or pick three. There's actually um, a side project or like a side comment. You guys ever been to uh, Burger Fuel mm -hmm. in, uh, in Waterpool? You mm -hmm. know, they have those little chips that you can walk by. That's one of the coolest things. It's like, we're going to donate money to this group. Mm -hmm. You pick whichever one wins is the one that's going to win. It's like, that's kind of cool. Just, yeah. if they were Make just, it competitive. Yeah, plus, yeah. yeah. it's a competition and oh, suddenly man. you involve your, your clients and your customers. So that's cool too. So I, 
like I said, they're not even bringing people in. They're just doing everyday business. But when their business suddenly involves the community, it's a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And finding more companies that do that, that's who I want to give my money to yep. as a client or as a customer. Yeah. I so. think a lot of people do. You see those companies blow up all the time, like Tom's. I, I don't know if you've heard of Bomba socks, but yeah. they're I was wearing them there yesterday. Oh, they're great. Huge, too. It's People, <laughs> want, yeah, people want to give back. But the, the funny thing about that, too, is that I think a lot of this stuff, if it wasn't for, like, would, like, a Tom's take off 40 years ago yeah, without social media? True. I think social media has made such a big difference yeah, of, of, of where you want to go. That the one thing that's been an internal struggle for me, and I don't want to get completely off base of, it's, it's interesting to see what people's priorities are. Mm -hmm. Is Australia burning to the ground, mm -hmm. has barely gotten any money, yet the you know, Notre Dame Cathedral in France got billions of dollars overnight from everybody you could think of. So mm -hmm. a piece of, you know, something that can be rebuilt in probably a matter of 10 years versus something that will take a lifetime, multiple lifetimes to rebuild, mm -hmm. uh, priorities can be different too. Yeah. So for, that's hard too, is trying to figure out what people's priorities mm -hmm. are. Um, for where you want to give your money back. I was happy to be able to give something back to Australia. I spent a summer there, so I knew it was something that was close to me. But right. when it's not connecting, that becomes tough too. If you don't yeah. have that personal relationship to the charity. Like if somebody came to me today and said, you know, do you want to give back to XYZ charity? And I've never had someone in my life that's experienced that. That disassociation makes it very difficult. But if someone's visited the Cathedral of Notre Dame or been to Paris and that's like the fanciest, you know, most romantic city in the world, yeah. a lot of people have been there. So it got really connected. I think that's why they got the money. Right. Versus Australia. Australia for a lot of people is a pipe dream to be able to visit that country or that continent. Yeah. So it's not exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and to bring it smaller too, I mean, we tell nonprofits that all the time. They, they should be focusing on those people anyway that already care so much about their cause and a lot of those are their volunteers and people yeah. that have that heart tug and pull towards their organization probably because they've experienced or know somebody who has experienced that too so I, I don't think that's wrong I mean mm -mm. you're gonna give to what you're passionate about and you are want to be involved I in think so. even the probably coolest things too I think the charities do too is their match programs I think that's great and say hey we have a donor that's ready to do something you know Absolutely. we're trying to match that up for everything so mm -hmm. I know I gave, I should feel better, but someone else is gonna give that too, that's awesome. Now my yep. donation's even more powerful, so stuff oh. like that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's creative marketing ways to get even more money out of people. Yeah. Um, I also know a lot of groups that will do the, uh, oh, well, they'll be like, uh, like Little Sister of the Poor, they'll have some of their auctions, they'll be, or the events, they'll be like, yeah, we're trying to raise money for a, a, a new refrigerator, and, and all of a sudden they'll be like, all right, somebody give me, we're gonna start with $10,000, who can give us $10,000? People are like, I can do ten grand, or they'll be ten grand. Right. And like they'll knock out a refrigerator in three minutes. And then the further he goes along, suddenly some people are like, Well, we're just looking for five hundred dollars. Anybody, five hundred dollars. And there's probably somebody drunk at somebody bar is like, Oh, over five hundred dollars. Like, all right, we got five hundred bucks. That's another reason why those galas are fantastic. You provide alcohol, suddenly people get I real giddy. that every single I'm like, Yes. Spend the money on an open bar because it will you it, will get the return. It'll pay you in know? spades. Yes, I totally agree with that. I can't quite do that here. I mean, I have a, uh, a beer and wine. <laughs> Probably not a responsible no, thing to do. No, 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 no. I already get enough crap for having a bar yeah. here that's open like 10 hours a week, if that, and just yeah. for special occasions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But no, it's, uh, yeah, 
it does help. It's mm-hmm. worked on me. I'm hi. I'm David, and I've been duped by alcohol <laughs> to buy stuff at auctions. Uh, but it works, so yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, that, if people so. are sitting down and motorcycles aren't involved, mm-hmm. then yeah. that's we, yeah, totally, totally. We draw a line somewhere. I totally agree with you guys. But <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I totally it, finding ways for businesses to be able to bring community to come into full circle, so we're not taught completely going down the rabbit hole like <laughs> I normally do. Uh, but bringing bringing the community into your dealership would probably or your yeah. your dealership or your business. Uh, is a huge thing. So how can you do that? So then it's that image that sends back to your customers that you care, yeah. that you really do give a shit, you know? So. Well, and that's why, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, from the company side. Mm-hmm. People want to do business with businesses locally, for one, mm-hmm. and then knowing that that local business is taking care of their community, it brings it full circle. It does. You know, it really uh, does. I talk to some business owners and they're like, I am serving the, co- uh, you know, the community. I have my business here. I'm like, sorry, sir. Not that enough. is not, it's not enough. We're, we're, we're on two different mental wavelengths here. Um, you're getting people's money in this community. Yeah. Yes. You provide a great service, yeah. but giving that extra back to help those to your point, yeah. those who can't always help themselves mm-hmm. and it creates a better community overall. So it doesn't matter what community you live in. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's yeah, always no, somebody that right. needs help. You're right. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. No, I really appreciate your so time. So. Appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, beautiful building. Thank you. Well, before we, as we jump off here, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Um, well, I won't give away my physical address because at home, but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you crap. Uh, not you personally. No, but uh, the best way as far as finding us as far as HD Vinny, we have the, the, both locations, but uh, at HD Vinny on Instagram, we're also on Facebook as well as HDVinny.com. Um, and then if you're a person in Indiana, Indianapolis or in the Terrywood area that's looking to you know, get involved with the charity, if you've heard something about what we've talked about and want to you know, create an event or host something at one of our dealerships, we're always open. So my email address, I'll just give it out. It's ddellen at hdvindy.com or find me on whatever social media platform you prefer. There you go. So. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No so problem. Much. It's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you.